Hello and welcome to our ZenFeed Best Practices video and podcast. Now, in today's video, I'll be sharing the top 10 criteria to building a thriving channel network. Now, today, bigger isn't always better. When you're starting up a high-growth business or a product line, it's always tempting to try and boost sales by building a larger channel partner network on the premise that the bigger the channel, the more zillions of products and services that partners can actually go and sell. But, you know, in our experience, many businesses attempting this model struggle to provide a strong business proposition for multiple channel partners to go and carry their products and services. You know, furthermore, they very often end up creating channel conflict by building direct sales motions in their efforts to go and improve results. But after observing vendors' successful and unsuccessful sales approaches for hundreds of product lines, business models, and go-to-market strategies, We've identified a set of key checkpoints for businesses to analyze before they go and invest in building out a channel. So first, do you have an economic model? You know, whether you're planning to build a new channel partner network or redesign an existing one, it is vital to be clear about the economic proposition for partners. If you've decided on a two-tier channel selling through a distribution network to a group of resellers, then you have to take into account 5 to 10% margin sharing with the distributor and then anywhere between 10 to 50% revenue sharing with your channel partners. So if you've been in the channel for a while and you're looking to change things up, then you may have to rethink your legacy margin structure. But in the end, it all you know does come down to money. In addition to your margin structure, you need to be realistic about how complex your solution is and whether a new partner can go and sell it with relative ease or would they have to make a lot of investments such as you know, getting employees trained and certified and buying equipment. You, know, you also have to think about how you will enable your partners to get through the initial ramp up phase you know, in order to start selling your solutions. An all too common mistake is to focus too much on run rate business but ignore the support that's needed to get partners up and running financially. So it's also important to identify what you're selling. Are you selling ice cream, ice cream cones? You know, a typical ice cream shop sells anywhere between three to five different types of cones and 15 to 20 different types of ice cream, and then maybe a dozen or so toppings. But customers buy ice cream first, and then they put it on a cone and they put sprinkles on. They don't go to the ice cream shop to buy cones or sprinkles, but the add-ons, you know, they typically add up. Middleware, switches, servers, and so on are perfect examples of add-on sales in the technology space. So it's important for you to know whether you're providing partners with a primary product or secondary or add-on product. The sales motions are very different for primary as opposed to secondary products. And it's often the case that partners have more choices for secondary products than for primary. In the face of stronger competition, you may have to fight harder and even pay more to find takers to go and resale a secondary product through a channel partner network. Now, another critical factor is to identify if there's an install-based growth opportunity. If your products and solutions require upgrades, or add-ons and renewals, then partners have a good reason to stay in touch with their customer base and drive more land and expand sales. You know, many software products today are sold via the software as a service model and may even require workflow-driven customization. In these scenarios, partners have more opportunity to go and provide, first of all, a base set of modules, but then over a period of time, add more application modules and other extras. In larger scale hardware deployments, 
Normally, the first deployment starts out at the end user's corporation headquarters with a proof of concept before you know, rolling it out globally. Now, this install-based growth opportunity with its attendant requirement for support infrastructure demands special consideration in your overall channel partner development plan and business proposition, but the rewards, they are high. So we have repeatedly seen that you know, across our entire client base that products and solutions that require ongoing renewals, add-ons, or upgrades attract typically the most loyal reseller network. Now, if a partner cannot attach multiples of four to six in terms of services revenue to every dollar of hardware and software that is sold, then they cannot build a profitable business around your solution. Therefore, as you figure out how you will incentivize partners to sell your products and solutions, you will also need to think about how they may be able to generate revenue from their customer base. Now, typically there are seven potential touch points where a solution provider can provide products and services. Now, for transactional products or lower dollar value items, the revenue that's generated from each touch point is relatively small. However, for a larger value product and complex deployment, there are plenty of profitable opportunities for a channel partner to specify your solution and then provide add-on services. Now, understanding both of these deployment scenarios from an end user and solution provider perspective is critical for you to be able to make your business proposition appealing to your partners. Now, once you've figured out your real economic proposition for partners, then the next challenge is how you will help one partner differentiate from another when both are reselling for you. For the most part, this is not as much of an issue if you're introducing a hot solution in an underdistributed market. But at some point, everyone will have to address the problem of overdistribution. Now, channel publications frequently report partners' complaints about margin losses you know, when they are unable to differentiate and compete on price alone. This is where you'll need to be able to project your channel strategy two to three years forward, putting partner capability development in place. That way, when the market forces a competitive approach, partners will be equipped to differentiate based on you know, their domain, their vertical-specific competencies, you know, rather than just on price. When partners are back into a corner, and are competing on price alone, that is when you'll constantly hear rumblings from your channel partner network about overdistribution and uncompetitive pricing. Now, this is a clear indication that you need to rethink your channel focus and capability development. Now, developing a channel partner network takes time, and few organizations are equipped or ready to wait out that time for their network to mature. You know, more frequently, we see major changes to a long-term plan rather than incremental adjustments. As a result, many vendors suffer with significant partner attrition. Now, new partners may join with fanfare and enthusiasm, but without proper nurturing and strategic development, over time they become disgruntled and abandon the program entirely because they feel that they are valued only for fulfillment and the organization has no skin in the game to help them develop. Now, in fact, there are several very successful ecosystems that exist today with a strategic channel partner development approach that focuses on a smaller number of partners, you know, helping them to create business plans, to develop their competencies over a multi-quarter cycle, and it's actually really paying off. Now, once a partner has made investments across sales, marketing, and technical training functions, they are highly unlikely to abandon that investment by switching to another vendor because the cost of switching is too high.
Therefore, partner development not only engenders loyalty, but also has a higher and long-term return versus over-distribution through an underdeveloped organization. Though challenging, focus pays well when done well. Now, once you have the entire foundational framework for your channel partner network in place, you'll need to decide whether you sell via the channel partner network or what you sell direct. You know, in the early days, it's usually simple to fix on one. However, as an organization grows and introduces higher value and more complex products, at times it makes sense to sell direct. The moment that this happens, partners start looking at their vendors with skeptical eyes. So you need to be very clear about how you're going to deal with this scenario when or if you do decide to go sell directly to certain products or to certain segments, like the federal government or major enterprise. So if you decide to go sell directly, you need to determine how you will segment deals from a partner and you know who ultimately wins. We have seen repeatedly that deal registration programs that allow a partner to close rather than an internal sales team always end up with a higher partner satisfaction rate. Now this is a discussion that needs to happen sooner rather than later and when it comes to a channel a better way is always early conflict and early resolution and not waiting for things to blow up. Now most companies offer some sort of partner reward program financial or incentive based like President's Club or Partner Accounts or Membership or a combination thereof. However clarity about how to reward different functions within an organization is critical to building the loyalty of the entire partner base. If you offer sales rewards but no marketing or technical rewards then there's little incentive to engage with you in other dimensions. It follows that resisting the temptation to offer multiple product-based promotions in favor of integrated reward promotions across you know, multiple functions will always be more effective in creating comprehensive pull-through from the partner side. Now just like corporate employees, a portion of your channel partner staff will be high-performing. And it's important to have a clear channel partner development strategy about how to take the B players and convert the more promising ones into A players. If you want to increase sales, it is much more realistic to focus on nurturing a few partners rather than further recruitment of new partners into your channel. If you already have a geographical coverage through your channel partner network, focusing on a few high potential players will result in much faster return. Now, one of the ways to bring partners to a different level is to create specific management objectives for your channel partner management team and give them goals of growing revenue and competencies both technical sales and marketing across your mid-tier modestly performing partners. You'll also need to prune out some of your channel partners that are not meeting your performance targets by having candid conversations. Candor is always powerful in the channel and it saves a lot of time and aggravation down the road. Now while it takes one to two years for a company to build the product and service many vendors expect to build a network of resellers overnight. Now this is not realistic. It takes anywhere from 6 to 12 months to build initial sales out motion and it may take another year to reap the benefit from the first year of investment. Just like product development, channel partner development requires significant upfront investment. Without conscious effort and significant investment, channel development can do more harm than good if partners are left unsupported across you know, their different functions.
So when it comes for you to engage in building a network, consider the first year of effort as pure investment before you can start calling your network of resellers a profitable venture. Yes, there are expectations, but that's rarely the case. Realistic planning and keeping your eyes on a longer term horizon are key to creating a successful channel partner network development program. This is a long list of complex questions and requirements, most of which require longer term planning and thinking. But this is precisely why channel partner network development is a strategic initiative with a multi-year horizon. You need to have a clear business plan, which should start with conducting comprehensive channel partner surveys, profiling, and financial analysts. After that, development of a successful channel partner network can begin. With the right foundation, you can build a thriving program that will be the envy of your competition and that no one could duplicate overnight. That's where long-term success will come, from a group of loyal, high-capable, and high-performing channel partners. Now, we hope that you have enjoyed this extremely informational best practices video. For more, please visit our website at www.symphony.com forward slash blog.